Here we are now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. Today, I'd like to talk about senseless death. And I'd like to talk about this song by the band La Dispute, called King Park. And if you haven't heard this song, I highly recommend it. And we're going to discuss it. I'd like to go into it. Because it's deep. It reveals something. There's a lot to it. And I really think it would be great for you to know about it and to it to experience it. And I hope that by discussing it here today, you can get a sense of what I get from it. I'm also going to read the lyrics to this song at the end of this discussion, so make sure you stick around for that. And if you haven't heard the song yet, still listen in before going off and checking it out in its original form. Now, I came across this song when a friend had it on, and he was had the whole album on, just comes from the album, and... He'd shown me music before, and he'd shown me different things, and he's into quite an eclectic different taste, and I guess I guess you'd call this music punk music. Now, I don't really know much about punk subgenres or anything, really, about any of it, and so I just call it punk music, and I think generally speaking, broadly speaking, we call this song, or this band, La Disputed, punk music. And it is modern. It does have very modern twists to it. It's a really uh, post-traditional punk. So it is cutting edge. It is on the forefront. And my friend had this album on and we were sort of listening through. And this song came on and it just punched it right out of me. There was something else about this song. It really is the one that stands out. Now, they've got a lot of good songs. Don't get me wrong. They're not one-hit wonders, this band. They're a good band, very good band, incredible band. But this song is, well, I think it's probably the song that made them the most famous. It's their most famous song, if I'm not mistaken. And you'll see why. You'll hear why. And in this song... We have themes which are expressed so beautifully and done in a way which is so important to understand. And it actually touches upon an important spiritual skill that you need. And that is the skill of non-location and imaginative experiencing. If you don't know what this is, if you've never done this, then this song is an excellent example of how to go about understanding what it is. And essentially what happens is this lyricist, this singer, tells a story. And the story is constructed together from multiple memories. It's constructed together across multiple times. And it's really from multiple perspectives. You see it from different perspectives. And it's very dramatic. It's very cathartic. It's very deep. It's very 
It's very wide-ranging in the different angles that it takes, and it really, in, in such a short amount of time, builds up a complex, deep, really vivid image of this world, of this experience that happened. And I am developing meditative practices for non-location and imaginative experiencing, and you'll hear about those as I share them with you in the future. They are coming, and I have spoken about some of them in the past. So if you're interested in actually doing this for yourself, you can actually learn how to do it, and I will be talking more and more about that. They're meditative practices. They do require a sensitive or a kind of sensitivity to your personal experience of your body and your mind and your memories and these sorts of things, and also your dreamscape, if you can remember your dreams, or if you've got a dream diary, these sorts of things. But here is just at least a good start. And this, of course, is not just a story, but it's also to music, and it's beautifully put to music. It's amazingly put to music. Now, I'm normally not very much into punk. I'm much more into a sort of new metal or thrash metal and other genres as well. But this song, this song really stood out. It really hit me. And you'll see why as we keep going through this discussion. Now, the themes. Let's talk about some of the themes. And essentially, the biggest theme or the most important take-home for this song is senseless death. And if you want to be open to the human condition and experience what it means to be a human, this is a critical part of your experience. It's a critical part of your worldview. It's a critical part of what you see when you open your eyes and you look around, when you look around this world, when you look around your life and the life of your fellow forms of life. And when we talk about senseless death in the human condition, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of examples. And it can seem overwhelming at time. It can seem, in fact, in fact, not only is it overwhelming, but also it's, it's a bit desensitizing because there's so much anguish in the human condition that you can switch off to it. You can become sort of numb to it. And that's why it's important when a song comes along which wakes you up to such a grand theme that you should pay attention to it, that you should give it the reverence it deserves and recognize it for its role in opening you to something so fundamental, something so powerful and something so critical for your perspective. So in this song, there's a specific example or a specific kind of senseless death, and that is of gang violence, of shootings, of kids getting mixed up in things which they shouldn't. And you'll hear, as we go through this story, 
what it's like to try and find a reason for why these things exist, for why these things happen. Trying to make sense of why senseless death happens. And what we're brought to, I don't want to say too much about at this stage. I feel it's quite hard to say. And really, all that we say is really more about bringing us to the feeling, to the experience. And these lyrics, this story, this song, it really does that. It brings you to the emotion. It brings you to something beyond the words. And it's so important that we remember how powerful it is to go into those experiences. It's also important to integrate them. It's also important to see, well, how does this fit in with other things? How does this fit in with the rest of my perspective? What does this mean for me? What does this mean for what I should do? But really all that comes later. Really the core of it is the feeling. The core of it is what can this song do for a moment to make you wake up to your feelings, to wake up to your emotions. And i got to tell you, this song makes me bawl my eyes out. It does. Many times I've listened to it and I have just started bawling my eyes out. I'm actually a little bit worried about reading it to you in a moment. I'll try and hold it together as best I can. (laughs) No promises, though. I have been known to... Be a little bit of a crybaby. If you're a regular listener, (laughs) well, you know me if you're a regular listener. And actually, that reminds me, something I forgot to mention at the start. If you're a regular listener of the Andrew Lake podcast, please share your favorite episode, as this will help me find my audience. I have been saying that more often because I have been wanting to grow this podcast and keep doing it because I enjoy so much the things that we're talking about here. So, to further our discussion, or to really see how, what it means to open to a feeling of senseless death, we can say that Well, there's so many things that are senseless, like famine, war, poverty, inequality, racism, all sorts of things. The list goes on and on. This kind of senseless pain of the human condition has so much to it. And these are such broad things. And a lot of the time in music, well, musicians... Uh, talking about these things. They're talking about the outrage. They're talking about the hurt. They're making music to put us in touch with that. And here, the thing I think that is so special about this band, La Disputed, and particularly about this song, is that they've managed to do this in a very specific way. You'll hear how incredibly specific, how intimately detailed the story is. 
And this is something they do in other songs as well, which is so beautifully done. So think of it like we can talk about we can talk about broad things that we have a feeling about. Because another thing about punk music is the rebellion, like, yeah, fuck the system. Yeah, fuck you, it's not working. This sort of thing. And that's a big attitude. That's a big feeling. And it has come out in many different ways in punk music and all sorts of music, as a matter of fact. But still, they're not specific enough. Still, they're not using this trick of bringing the details, the really fine minutiae to those big feelings. And that's the art of musicians bringing big themes to an immediate, acute feeling. And that's what good music is. That's what music needs to do. And of course, it's not all that music needs to do. Music does many things. But this music here needs to do this, and it does do this. And if you recognize what it's trying to do, you can be open to it. You can be open to how important a role it can be in your spiritual development and your emotional development. So maybe it's not even a style of music you normally listen to, like it's not for me. And yet still, it may be that you can open to this story, you can open to this song, and that will allow you to feel something new. And it is so hard to open to your feelings. It is so hard to allow yourself to cry. It is so hard to actually make the connection that, well, these big things like poverty or murder or famine, or inequality, that these things, well, they are worth crying over sometimes. That is actually how you connect with these big things. This is how you integrate the broad, grand generalizations of the problems of the human condition into an immediate, acute component of you. And this feeling, this component of you, this moment, really, is brought about to open you to something. And here we're talking about using music to trigger that for you. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a breaking open. It's, a, it's that moment where it's almost like in therapy. So if you think of a, a therapy breakthrough moment. Now, the ABC version of that is you sit down in your therapy group and you talk about your feelings. And if you're in a group, well, everyone talks about their feelings. And if you're in a one-on-one, -on -one, then it's just you with your therapist. And what happens is it starts out sort of superficial. It starts out sort of, okay, well, this is my explanation for it. But then what happens is the therapist will prod or the other people in your therapy group will prod or they'll bring up certain things or you'll react to their certain things. And you'll talk a little bit more about it and you'll talk a little bit more about it. And you'll dig deeper and deeper and deeper and you'll become slowly more and more authentic. And the words that you're saying about your feelings and your issues and your problems will become more charged. They'll become more 
more alive and more more rich in what they really mean. And at a critical point, there will be the break. There will be the moment where you'll you'll say something. The these critical words, these particular words, will come out, and you'll crack in from the from the mind into the feel from the mind sphere into the feeling sphere. So you're talking, 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 and then the critical words come out, and then you won't be able to speak anymore. You'll only be able to cry. You'll only be able to feel. And that crack, that breakthrough, is the critical moment of breaking into your feelings. It's a kind of breakthrough. Now, we're talking about breakthroughs in spirituality. That's a very big term. There are a lot of definitions to that. There are a lot of meanings to that. Because you can have transcendent breakthroughs and you can have emotional breakthroughs. So don't get those two things confused. They're different things. I don't want to talk too much about transcendent breakthroughs or ascending breakthroughs at this stage. But essentially that means that you're taking a larger picture you're taking a larger, and, and picture is not really the right word, you're taking a larger experience of something. And you have this sense of going upwards and looking down. And of course, there's a whole, really, there's a whole variety. There's hundreds and hundreds of varieties of transcendent breakthroughs. And I will be talking about those more and more. But an emotional breakthrough, a breakthrough on the level of the feelings, that's also a breakthrough. That's also very important. And that's opening to a new experience. That's opening to a new part of you. And it's unique in its own way. It's important in its own way. So that's not to say that transcendent breakthroughs are better or worse than emotional breakthroughs. But it's just that we need to recognize them for what they are. And this music, this song, is really for an emotional breakthrough. And and these vocalists, these singers, these People who are making this music, they sing in a way which is to bring you to that. They're actually saying, and you can say, well, and of course, you can, I mean, there's, this, there's always this whole thing in grunge music and heavy metal music in general, which is, oh, oh, they don't even know how to sing. And it's like, well, of course, you don't understand the point. It's catharsis. They're not trying to sing in tune. This singer from La Disputa, he can't sing in tune. He can't sing melodies. It's not, it's not melodic in the sense that it's a sweet melody or tuneful. But he's going for the catharsis. And you'll hear that. You'll understand that. If you can see that what he's emulating, what he's bringing to us, is that moment where the words crack and the feelings come through. And really, that's what makes this music so great. That what's, that's what makes it so alive, is that it has that moment so often. And perhaps best in this very song here, King Park by La Disputed. So, I'll read you the lyrics in a moment, just a few more moments, I was going to say, listen to this song after we've been through it here 
And I don't know if there's a video clip for it, like an an official movie video clip that goes with it. I imagine there probably is. And if that's the case, don't watch it. Don't watch it yet, actually. Try and listen to the song without the video clip. And the reason I recommend that is because you actually want to be able to go through this story in your own mind, in your own imagination. So when you listen through it, images will come to you. You'll be able to see what's happening, especially if you listen with your eyes closed. That would be the best way to listen to this song. So actually, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this discussion here today and you haven't heard this song, you have a very unique opportunity. You have a very important opportunity to listen to this song with your full attention, with your eyes closed, and to know how to go through it to get the most juice out of it. Now, most likely, if you're listening to this, you've come to listen to this because you like the song and you want to hear more of a discussion about it. And that's okay. That's great. You can still listen to it in this way. But the reason I recommend you don't watch the video clip and you listen with your eyes closed is because you're exercising your inner imagination experiencing. You'll be exercising your dreamscape experiencing. You'll be exercising a kind of vision which is within your phenomenological experiencing, which is a muscle. And that muscle needs a workout. It needs developing. And it's so rare that you find music that actually does this. Now, often in music, you know, it's a trick. There are tricks of the trade. Imagery and storytelling, that comes up all the time in music. No doubt about it. So don't get me wrong. It's not like it's not around. But here in this song, it's a really juicy example. It's a real hit of an example because it's used in an, in an extreme way. Because, of course, for one thing, or I should mention for one thing, structurally, the song is a story. So it's not a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, normal sort of structure. And this is just not very common that it's used in such a what what's the right word i'm trying to find the right word it's like these these techniques are used normally as just parts of songs or just as passing things but here in this song king park it's like they've taken the technique and put it on steroids and used only this technique so i don't, I don't know if i'm explaining that really quite clearly enough but Essentially, all you need to know, or the bottom line is that don't watch the video clip and embrace this technique of visualizing what is being spoken about, what the story holds. So, I think that's almost just about enough for a preamble, or really all of the commentary that I have to say about this song. It's a brilliant song. Brilliant. So once I've read through it, you can go and look it up and have a listen to King Park by La Disputed. And now I'll read you the lyrics. So here goes.
without further ado. Another shooting on the southeast side. This a drive-by midday, outside of the bus stop, by Fuller and Franklin, or near there, not far from the park. About a block from where the other shooting was last month, or was it last week? Shots were fired from an SUV heading northbound, east town. The target arrival, they didn't hit the target this time. They hit a kid we think had nothing to do with it. And I travelled backwards, through time and space, and I disintegrate, become invisible. I want to see it where I couldn't when it happened. I want to see it all firsthand this time. I want to know what it felt like. So I float behind police lines, reconstruct the scene in fragments of memories. I want to know what his mother looked like up close. I want to see her leaning over his body. So I float there, transcend time. I want to capture it accurately. I want to know what the colour of the blood was, spilling out from the tarp onto the concrete. I want to write it all down, so I can always remember. If you could see it up close, how could you ever forget? How senseless death, how precious life. I want to be there when the bullet hit. And the crowd poured out, as the shots drowned into siren sounds, out of their houses now and over front yards all the way up to the place where the police tape ran to mark the crime scene, everybody trying to catch a glimpse of what was happening, of what was going on between the ambulance and all the cop cars, everybody gossiping, whose kid got hit, where'd it hit him, and who could have fired it, everybody wondering, how did it happen again, and is he dead, these children? our kids, everybody wondering how far they were from where the victims live, and I visit them, in their houses, inside my dream I visit them, my spirit soaring high and high up over King Park, leaves the crime scene, travels back further, till far before the shooting, through their windows, to their living rooms, I see them younger this time, playing games and doing homework, all these marks of youth soon transformed coldly into stone, for fights and stupid feuds, for ruins wrapped in gold, and cruelly I recall why I have come to find a reason, but there cannot be a reason. Not for death, not like this, not like this. Three days later, 
They made funeral plans. The family. Three days later, a mother had to bury her son. Not far away, the shooter holed up in a hotel near to the highway with a friend and the gun, that same gun. He'd fled immediately, but was identified by witnesses, his picture on TV, only 20 years old. They called him Grandpa. He was older than the others by a year, maybe two. And he was safe for a while until somebody saw him there and notified the authorities who surrounded the hotel, first arresting an accomplice while attempting to flee, then chasing him up the staircase to the floor where he'd stayed. He closed the door hard behind him, locked himself in the room. They could have kicked in the door, but knew the gun was still with him, one he'd already used, and so they feared what he'd do. I floated up through the window of a room to the west. I hovered out to the hallway, tried to listen in. I heard them trying to reason, get him open the door, his uncle begging and pleading, half collapsed to the floor. He preached of hope and forgiveness, said there is always a chance to rectify what you've taken, make your peace in the world. I thought to slip through the door. I could have entered the room. I felt the burden of murder. It shook the earth to the core. Felt like the words were collapsing. Then we heard him speak. Can I still get into heaven if I kill myself? Can I still get into heaven if I kill myself? Can I ever be forgiven because I killed that kid? It was an accident, I swear it wasn't meant for him. And if I turn it on me, if I even it out, can I still get in or will they send me to hell? Can I still get into heaven if I kill myself? I left the hotel behind. Don't want to know how it ends.